This is the SYA Sidecast. Conversations, meditations, and experiences that connect us more to the young adult ministry of Shepherd Church. All right, SYA. It's good to be with you guys. I miss you. Um, Thanks for joining our Sidecast today. I'm Adriana Cervantes, if you don't know me. I love being able to serve SYA, and this week, we're talking about disagreements. (laughs) So Dusty talked in our last sidecast about self-awareness. If you haven't checked that out, do yourself a favor and check it out because it is timely and so good. And he talked about how he believes that more than the right answer or positions or stances, Right now, what all of us need is a major dose of self-awareness. So today, I want to talk about what comes next, right? What happens after your dose of self-awareness when you realize that you still disagree, not just with the other people, but believers or maybe people you used to look up to or even pastors? Like, what do you do next? And I know a lot of people have been feeling this. It's uncomfortable and it's heartbreaking at times because it, it is disillusionment. Like that person isn't who I thought they were or that organization or that leader. And I know because I've experienced it too. I have seen a lot of things that break my heart. I've been confused I've felt like the truth has been distorted for other people's gain. I've felt disappointed in people that I looked up to before. I've felt a lot of what you guys are feeling. But I realized something. I realized that I started to become distracted and preoccupied with the disagreements. Now, I'm not saying, hey, let's ignore this and not judge in the correct way, right? That's not what I'm saying. I'm not saying let's live with our head in the sand. We should be informed. But I'm saying there comes a point when your disagreement or perspective or point of view becomes an idol that you hold in your hand and you bang over people's heads that you're still called to love and to serve. Disagreeing becomes a problem when it is a distraction. Because I know it can be overwhelming, but it can be dangerous because it can be your main focus and you become so obsessed with your point of view that you forget to do what you're called to do as a child of God. And I know this is hard because you're right, right? They are distorting or they are manipulating, or they are overlooking this group of people who are suffering. But I had to take a lesson or two from Paul. Paul wrote to the Corinthian church because they were having major disagreements. It's in 1 Corinthians 3, if you want to read it. I'm about to read the Adriana Cervantes translation. It's very popular, Um, but you can read it on your own later, 1 Corinthians 3. In 1 Corinthians 3, The church was divided. There was a group saying, well, we follow Paul. 
And then there was a group saying, well, we follow Apollos. And they were completely against themselves. Sound like anybody? And Paul said to them, wait, wait. Who is Paul? Who is Apollos? They are just men that God assigned a task. You are not a follower of man. Did you forget? You were baptized into Jesus Christ. Your guide is the Holy Spirit. You're not an apostle of Paul or an apostle of Apollos. No, you're an apostle of Christ. And I love what he said in verse 18. I'll read the actual translation. He said, Do not deceive yourselves. If any of you think you're wise by the standards of this age, you should become fools so that you may become wise. For the wisdom of this world is foolishness in God's sight. As it is written, he catches the wise in their craftiness. And again, the Lord knows that the thoughts of the wise are futile. So then, no more boasting about human leaders. All things are yours, whether Paul or Apollos or Cephas or the world or life or death or the present or the future. All are yours. And you are of Christ. And Christ is of God. So good. I love the word of the Lord. It is a polarized time that we are living in. There is an intense pressure to pick sides, right? To be for or to be against. But do not forget, young adult, you're already spoken for. When you're tempted to harp about who you agree or disagree with, always take it back to Christ. He alone is your guide. He alone is your teacher, your leader, or your counselor. And he alone will lead you in the path that is honoring and loving in the midst of disagreements. Okay, so what about people who are distorting the truth, right? That's wrong. And it is. It is wrong. And yet, once again, Paul taught me something. In Philippians, my favorite book, check it out, highly suggest, In Philippians, Paul was imprisoned for preaching the gospel. And here's what he said. I'm going to read the actual translation again. Now I want you to know, brothers and sisters, that what has happened to me has actually served to advance the gospel. As a result, it has become clear throughout the whole palace guard and to everyone else that I am in chains for Christ. And because of my chains, most of the brothers and sisters have become confident in the Lord and dare to all the more proclaim the gospel without fear. Now, it is true. Some preach Christ out of envy and rivalry, but others out of goodwill. The latter do so out of love, knowing that I'm put here for the defense of the gospel The former preach Christ out of selfish ambition, not sincerely, supposing that they can stir up trouble for me while I'm in chains. But what does it matter? The important thing is that in every way, whether from false motives or true, Christ is preached. Because of this, I rejoice. 
All right, did you catch that? There were people who were actually preaching Christ only to make things worse for Paul in prison. Like, how twisted can you get? Pretty twisted. And yet, what did Paul say? But what does it matter? The important thing is that in every way, whether from false motives or true, Christ is preached. And because of this, I rejoice. How could he say that? As he is suffering in prison, these people are taking the message of Christ and using it for their own gain. How could he have that perspective? Well, he wasn't distracted. He wasn't distracted. He had a purpose that superseded his current suffering. His only goal was to make the gospel known, and he trusted that God was sovereign enough, smart enough, able enough to handle a situation that seemed so twisted and redeem it for his own glory and the salvation of many. I I know it's been a hard time for a lot of us, and I'm here to say that I'm with you in this. But what has helped me is to return to the Spirit of God when I feel let down by those that I looked up to or disheartened by people that I thought I knew. Because at the end of the day, I'm an apostle of Christ alone. And Jesus preached loving and honoring our enemies and those that we don't agree with. I know these are radical times young adult. And the world is watching the church. And I'm afraid that they're seeing us take sides and toss stones at one another while someone may may be in need right near us. And here we are so preoccupied with our own opinions that we've forgotten our purpose. You know what else would be really radical? For the world to see a church that is able to still honor and love and uplift and champion in the midst of disagreements. Like, talk about practicing what we preach. If you've been wrestling with this issue, I urge you, Take a step back from posting and social media. Return to the Father so that you can know what his heart is for you. And then pray for those that you disagree with. Not only for God to bless them, but also pray for God to give you opportunities to serve them, honor them, uplift them, and love them because that's Jesus. How do I know? Because he did that with us. His greatest offenders. Each of us were enemies of the gospel. Don't forget. And his radical love, his purpose to serve and not be served, changed the world and saved our souls. So imagine what a church that looked like that. Imagine what they could do.
Let's choose the way of Jesus. Thanks for listening to the SYA Sidecast. Make sure to connect with us on Instagram at wearesya.com.